James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. James Shremko, welcome back to Freedom Ocean, my friend. Welcome, Tim. And listeners, welcome also to Australia's number one internet marketing podcast where we do our darndest to make this whole concept of internet marketing simple and profitable. Fair call, James? Yeah. Well, they're two things that I really like. You do like those things. How are you, mate? Very good, thank you. Why? Well, I've been missing our call. I've been looking forward to it, eager to press ahead. We get a few people on our, on our Facebook page and coming through via the email who are saying exactly the same thing. I think when you set an expectation like we did early on with the delivery of a weekly show, one has to meet that expectation and, and it's been my fault, but we haven't always, uh, we're not delivering necessarily weekly on the dot, but we'll do our best to. Yeah, well, I'm ready to roll whenever you are. <laughs> I know you are, mate. I know you are. You are sitting there waiting patiently for the next episode, and I thank you for that. Um, unlike you, I've got, well, you've probably got many businesses that you're juggling. I have, I, I too have many businesses um, that I'm juggling, and it, sometimes it's fine. It's, it's about prioritizing and Freedom Ocean is certainly developing into a into a love, and uh, one that we need to keep rolling, mate. Um, we had a great we had great feedback from last show, episode ten, where we absolutely pulled apart um, a basic SEO starter pack, search engine optimization starter pack, and um, a couple of just really good insights coming from listeners, just saying you know. Very, very grateful. They, they, they were articulating how I felt, which was, you know, thanks for really explaining in depth what the component parts of an SEO starter pack are because sometimes I think the industry loves to live in jargon. Yeah, it's heavy in jargon and, and I'm, I've been around it for six years, so I guess unless someone tells us, it's very hard to know which bits are confusing or not. Mm. It really is, and um, I, um, I've got a question, actually. <laughs> good, finally, a question from Tim, um, but a, an additional question. On Fiverr.com, that little addictive site where you go and spend five bucks and have people do all sorts of different things for you, there are lots of businesses offering 100.edu links or 1,000.com backlinks. I, I don't, what's my question there? Are they, are they worthwhile? Is it worth pursuing that on top of a more um, targeted SEO approach? Well, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure there will be some good quality suppliers on Fiverr. Yep. It will be hit and miss, though. Some of okay. the forums that I frequent lament their wasted five dollars yep. on basically what what a lot of these people are doing is just running spamming software in the background. Yeah. It could even harm your site. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. There's software out there that's widely used by by people when they want to get fast links. But I, will, I just want to point this out. Here's a, here's a simple clarification. Mm-hmm. You do not need a lot of links to dominate with search engine results in most markets. Mm-hmm. You just need good quality, relevant links. Mm-hmm. So I can outrank a site that has a lot more links than I do if I get them from better quality places, more relevant, more theme relevant, um, more care taken with placing the link. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a hyper-competitive market, you're going to need a lot of links as well as good quality links. Well, I must say, I, I did a little test. I did, I'll come clean. I did spend five bucks, and I did buy a um, hundred backlinks, and uh, it did push a site. I've got a site uh, that I developed my for a family member who's selling their beach house, and I the, the site was doing okay in rankings. Although no, it wasn't doing okay because it was kind of like I couldn't get it past page four or five. Uh, uh, I subsequently bought these these backlinks, and the site's now ranking bottom of page one, top of page two for for the keyword. Um, and I can only put it down to the fact that the backlinks gave it that kick. It's more than likely that that will have caused that. It's a good feeling when you see that site surge in the rankings, isn't it? Well, I've sort of put my uh, finger on this some time ago. It's not the thing that I do like about Google. It's really like a praise machine. It, it will tell you if you've done a good job. 
and it will tell you if you've done a bad job because the results are there. Everyone can see it. So there's, there's no messing about. It, if you do a good job, it shows you you can type in your phrase and find your site ranking really well. And that's probably one of the things that attracted me to the whole SEO thing mm-hmm. is that it's a meritocracy. A meritocracy. Yeah, it's, ba- it's a system based on merit. You know, if you, you do a good job, you get the gold star, you get the page one listing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's certainly true. Now, James, in, uh, in episode two and three, um, we discussed 10 internet marketing business models. So for any listener that hasn't, hasn't had a listen to that early, those early shows, uh, I really recommend they do because um, there's fairly popular episodes where you basically lifted the lid on 10 different ways of exploring or becoming involved in internet marketing. And what we did say is over the course of coming episodes, we would explore each of those business models in depth. And we've done that with affiliate marketing, We've done that with product creation, uh, and today we're going to do that with um, building communities or, or otherwise known as membership models. I think we're we did local do... business marketing as well. We did local business marketing. I love that one. That's been that's actually been very good to me over the last uh, last few weeks too. Some of the learnings in that. So there's some pretty yeah, there's some meaty episodes in the back catalogue, um, and, and importantly, you know, this the stuff that we're talking about. It's not time sensitive. You know, every now and then we may mention something that is time sensitive, but really the content here is is not time sensitive. So if you are a new listener to the show, I'd really encourage you to go back and, and have a listen to those earlier shows because it sets the scene for what's to come. So James, building communities or membership models, what is that business model all about? Well, people like to, to congregate in, in like-minded groups and being a community owner, uh, the common sort of format for this would be having a forum. And a forum is where you bring together people, and you can have free forums or paid forums, and the whole idea is that you create that central place where people engage on a continuing basis. Now, as a business owner, if you can create a community, and especially if you can control a community, it puts you in a great position of power to influence what uh, what people buy in particular, but also it allows you to keep your finger on the pulse with your market because you have your, your best uh, raving fans right there in the same place uh, exchanging value. And there are so many upsides to it in terms of a business. It's definitely saleable if you come up with a good name for this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, some communities you might be aware of, like Facebook, it's a big community. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, LinkedIn is another community. So these things are highly valuable when done on a big scale. Freedom and Ocean's a community. Freedom Ocean is a community. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like Mark Zuckerberg is not making all of the content on Facebook. He, no. He's not sitting there doing all those billions of page impressions. It's the users creating the content and creating the experience. So there is quite an element of leverage in this where you can actually have, it's sort of like a product that creates itself. And the main role of the community owner is to set up the community and manage the community. And you've seen, you know, Facebook got in trouble about privacy and this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think one of the, one of the major areas to discuss when you're talking about building a community is, you know, what are the guidelines and the rules and your policies and stances on things? You really have to be like, the judge and the strategic overview person who is going to steer this ship. It is, it's like having a ship and, and you have to keep it from running on the rocks. And it's a continual, uh, it's, it's like having kids, you know, you've got to continually being, be responsible for the community. So you, it's not something you can set up and forget about unless you want to put a layer of management in. Mm. The, the, the forms that a, a community can take, James, and obviously a membership site, um, forums, are they the two major ones? Well, yeah, social media platforms. Um, any, any, when we say forum, I'm talking about where you can discuss things as a two-way chatter or a group involvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have micro-communities, like very small communities, which is what, what I set up when I run masterminds. I have a small community of say, eight or ten people together in a little huddle where they can cross-communicate. 
and they're very powerful on a high-end business level because there's what that brings to the table is the ability for people to share ideas without fear that it's going to be you know wildly copied or mm. or taken because people can complement each other with their strengths that that type of community happens via webinar the you're the 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 high end mastermind group that's webinar and then uh, in between webinars people can communicate via some kind of social network or online forum yeah for that application i use basecamp mm-hmm. yeah okay which is really good you get the ability to send emails back and forth or to post files and documents or you can um, chat in there there's you know if you add on campfire which is what it's really just like skype where you can chat between members in real time okay so it's actually it's audio chat no it's just like text chat just like like when you're using skype yep okay so So then you really what we're talking about are just the tools uh, yep. You know, there's a, there's a bigger framework around a community. It's like, what is, you know, who makes up the community? Why would they be attracted to it? What value can you offer the community for them to want to be there? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you may at some point want to uh, monetize the community. So you could either charge for it up front or you could have a free community where you have ways for people to pay for things later. Things like Farmville, for example, uh, where you know people play games and they're, they're part of that Farmville community and they share things, but I'm sure the game is making money from selling advertising to corporates. And also, I haven't played it, but I'm sure there's probably things you can buy as credits. Okay, my kids play Farmville. I must look further into that. Probably. <laughs> 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 I was wondering what those pigs and ducks were doing on my credit card bill. <laughs> Okay, so um, in terms of setting up a community, James, do we need uh, where do you start? We, well, I just well, I think we need to. Not, community is such a broad term. Um, for the sake of this this chat, shall we talk about setting up? Um, shall we talk about community um, as setting up uh, a membership site or a forum? You, you tell me. Well, it's actually probably the other way around. I think when we originally talked about this, you're talking about the membership model. Yep. And a community is one of the membership models and there's other membership models that don't involve a community, you know, like your telephone bill, magazine subscription. Mm. They're very easy to set up where you could literally just send out an email every week or every month to people who pay your monthly fee. And there's Mm. no element of forum or, or discussion involved. It's just a one way email. Mm. So that's the simple level. Uh, so really, you know, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk well, about? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I've I've got a um, I, I on on the other podcast that I do, I have a um a membership site, which the podcast is called Small Business Big Marketing, and I have off the side of that the Small Business Big Marketing Academy, and that wasn't easy early on to get traction. Basically, what the academy is is, is you know it's a monthly membership fee in return for really targeted, eight, eight to nine targeted how-to articles around specific areas of small business marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've been down that path of setting up, what, what would you call that? That's, that's the mem- a, a membership model. Yeah, that and, would be a membership site. Yeah. And, you know, it's, as much as it's a really, it's a lovely model, once it starts to get going, um, it goes beautifully. Um, but getting that traction is not easy. You know, we, we, you know, and we, we, um, we being Luke and I, Luke, my co-host, uh, we looked at that model early on and thought, you know what, that's just something that people would want. They, they love listening to the show and, you know, as an extension of the show, um, why don't we provide some how-to articles around all these aspects of, of small business marketing? And it, it took some time to get traction. Yeah, well, there's a few strategies that might help. So I think it's good to pe- perhaps address that. Okay. How you get traction. And how can you create value that people will actually pay for? Let's talk yep. about the difference between preference and performance. Mm-hmm. So this is where we think people would prefer something, but then they won't actually perform it. <laughs> so you could ask people, you know, would you pay for six or seven how-to articles? And they say, yeah, sure, we, we would, absolutely. And then you mm-hmm. create it and then they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, you know, 
uh, I could probably think of a number of examples. Of you say to people, you know, would you would you buy this car if it was fifty percent off? And they'd say, yeah, sure. But then you you go back and say, right, oh, here it is. And then that, mm. they'll go, oh no, actually, you know what? I'm quite happy catching the bus. So basically, people are just full of it half the time. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think they even know what they want. And even if you give it to them on a platter, they still come up with excuses. Mm-hmm. People are experts at finding ways to avoid having to make any sort of commitment or change in their life. So that mm. probably comes down to that. So how do you overcome that resistance? You've got to stack the odds in your favor. You've got to create something that that is extremely exciting and valuable for, for people. And mm-hmm. the best way to get traction is to bring in a whole bunch of people in one hit. And that's how I started my community mm-hmm. is I brought in 70-something people, 72 people in one go. And I made it irresistible by making it free. I gave them a trial. I think it was three months for free. Mm-hmm. So that gave me two things. It gave me an instant community in terms of numbers and it gave them – virtually no resistance to moving forward because they weren't paying for it. In fact, it was even better than that. It was solving a problem that they had. The way that I started my community was I created that three-month coaching environment as a bonus for a product that I was selling. And the product that I was selling was missing out on that community aspect, the coaching side of it. It was information and it was training but it wasn't hand-holding or showing people how to use the information. So I said, look, you buy this product and then I'll create a coaching environment for you and hold your hand through it. And from that first 75, at least half of them decided that it was good enough environment to continue paying a fee for every month. And we still have a bunch of our original members after two years. And one of the, the key factors, and this is another strategy for stick. Okay, this is a stick strategy, which means a retention strategy, mm-hmm. is we grandfathered those original members at a slightly reduced rate. What's grandfathered mean? Grandfathered means we let them stay on an old rate. We hold them into right. the original rate. So in this case where we had a $97 a month monthly fee or a $99.95 monthly fee, the original group came in on $67. So when we put the price up, which we'd always planned, so we'd actually st- strategically planned to put the price up because we felt that the membership was was worth more than that. Uh, We said to the original people, look, we're going to put the price up. If you want to stick around, you can continue to pay the original $67. If you were to leave and then come back, then it will be at the new rate. So as long as you know that up front. And that uh, is a very powerful community building strategy. I've also done that with other programs that I've done where I have a continuing or a recurring fee commitment. When I put the price up, generally, where possible or practical, I'll hold people in at the older price that they've joined on as long as I possibly can, unless I make substantial changes to the program. Pricing's always a tough one, isn't it? That's a good strategy where people – because they're probably thinking, my God, you know, if I've got this wonderful – I'm locked into this wonderful price – uh, and the only way of maintaining it is if I stay and keep paying it. Otherwise, if I choose to leave and come back, then I'm going to be up at, at a higher price. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like the golden handcuffs that a lot of corporates use to hold in good staff with vest, yeah. vested shares and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so what, what about software, James? What if you're starting, uh, we're talking forum here? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you need to set up something like this? Well, if you're going to have a small group, then I would look at something like Basecamp. You don't really need to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I can't recall anyone else ever mentioning Basecamp as a forum solution, but I've found it tremendously powerful, and I've, I've been using it for a year for that purpose, and it's, it's really good. So, so that, that, that allows people to – I can't imagine – I haven't had a lot to do with Basecamp, but I have had a look at it, and – I can't, I, I can't see the forum inside Basecamp. I can see the ability to exchange files and to post things on message boards. Where, where, how, does the, how does the forum start to develop in Basecamp? Well, you just use the um, – you, you can basically use the messaging feature to set up topics. So right. You could, you could, in your case, uh, you could set up a small group, say, say limited to 10 people, on the topic of marketing – 
because that's yeah. a specialty of yours. Yeah. And you could go into Basecamp and set up some topic groups. You could say, this is a discussion about direct response marketing. This is a discussion about branding. This is a discussion about telephone sales. Right. This, you know, and now you've got a topic thread for those topics. And then your members can back and forth questions and you can answer them and it will come to your inbox. So you don't even have to log into Basecamp. Uh-huh. That's the most powerful thing about it. You can just type your reply in an email format and hit send and it will go back to everyone joined onto that group. That's clever. Now, I haven't, haven't found anyone else using it this way and it's certainly not designed as a forum software. But if you only have 10 people, I think it's the perfect solution. Uh-huh. There is another one called, is there a, uh, is, is there a software called Ning? Have you heard of Ning? Yeah, Ning is like an open platform group thing okay that's like a it's like your own version of facebook yeah right okay i'm not a big fan of building on someone else's network Mm -hmm. because when ning wants to change the rules you might lose your whole community yep a way better option is to register your own domain name for the nine bucks a year take out some hosting and even if you wanted to go pro it'd be 275 dollars a month for a dedicated server and stick a vBulletin forum on it. And uh-huh. vBulletin is going to cost you a couple of hundred bucks. And then you could have someone install it for $50. And away you go. You've now got your own platform that you control, you own. This is so easy. My 13-year-old daughter does this. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay, because that's that's kind of the V bulletin for people who aren't aware of what it's. It's pretty much the that's the forum type that's been around ever since the internet's been around, isn't it? V bulletins. V bulletin is my preferred forum software. It's the most professional featured forum software that you can buy off the shelf. Mm. There's a there's a free one called BB. PHPBB or BBPHP, I can't remember. I used to use that. In fact, to, to get to get to vBulletin, we tried two different forum softwares. We've tried three or four membership gateways. That's the way to take the money and control access. Mm-hmm. And we've ended up with a solution that we're really happy with, with some very minor custom programming. And for any Freedom Ocean listener, I'm more than happy to send you a direct referral to a programmer who's a genius at installing this stuff and customizing gateways to payment processes. Mm-hmm. All, right, well, all they need to do is reply to any email they get from you or I, and they're going to, um, which we see all of those. So the VBulletin, I thought that's what you would have recommended above above Basecamp, actually. Um, it's, is, not worth it Basecamp? For, it's not worth it if you've only got a small group. Okay. Now, why would someone have a small group? I'll tell you why. Yep. Because you can charge a lot of money for a small group. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon to charge a couple of thousand dollars a month per person for a small group of people on a very specific topic that has a high value proposition. Mm-hmm. So for a business owner to learn about marketing from you, Tim, mm-hmm. You could quite easily justify one or two thousand dollars a month per person. So if yep. you just if you just do the numbers there, ten people, a thousand dollars each. That's ten thousand dollars a month for a small group of ten that you manage from base camp, which will cost you about fifty dollars a month in fees. Well, it's 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 timely. Um, I didn't have this in mind when I came up with today's topic, but it is timely. I am in the process of creating um, a service product or service, whatever you want to call it, it's called Gather Round. And basically, it's going to be taking um, 10 business owners from one industry, okay? So it won't be 10 business owners from, you know, just the service industry or the product industry. It's actually from an industry. So they might be 10 dentists or 10 chiropractors or 10 real estate agents, whatever it may be. And we will be gathering around uh, via webinar for three months, uh, because three months will be enough time for, A, for me to impart uh, the the small business marketing knowledge that I have to them and for them to uh, communicate with each other on a a weekly basis where we get to share something that's worked and something that's not working and and asking questions of the group. And in between times, in between those webinars, um, this type of, of, um, whether it be Basecamp or VBulletin, clearly Basecamp sounds like the solution, 
it'll fill that gap. For that, for that group, for that term, it's definitely the best solution. Mm. Mm. So that's development right now. And um, that's pretty exciting. I mean, that's a business model in itself. We should talk about, I'm not, I'm not sure what that business model is, whether it be webinar or... It's called a mastermind. It's a mastermind model. So we won't talk about that now. No, but, no, we um, should because the mastermind is really just a community. It's a small fixed term community on a, it's a fixed term membership, we call it. Mm-hmm. So you've got three months. Three months, by the way, I found to be the ideal time. I've done three months and I've done six months and I've done uh, open-ended recurring. Mm-hmm. And three months is great for a mastermind. Yeah, well, I think beyond that, it would just feel as though it's like you, you can achieve a lot in three months, basically. After well, that, I think it would drag let's, on. Let's talk about why I conclude that uh, mm. from my own experience. Mm. And I've just come out of a six-month term with 40 people. Uh, the problem with six months is, firstly, you're always going to have one in your group that shouldn't be there, and you're now stuck with them for six months. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, people tend to do the most heavy lifting just before the end of the program. So if you have the end of the program before, you know, in three months, they'll start working earlier. <laughs> if they have six months, it's like Parkinson's law. They'll actually expand the uh, the amount of time it takes to do anything. Yep. And also, uh, you'll probably be over it by the end of six months. Yep. It does get boring helping other people build their business if, you, if you're stuck in, in it and they're not pulling their weight. You'll always have a percentage who do amazingly well. Mm-hmm. You'll have a percentage who just shouldn't be in the group, even as you could filter as hard as you want, but sometimes people sneak in there. It's like a job interview. Mm-hmm. And then the middle of the pack will just, just do a so-so job. And, and you know something I've learned about myself is I will only engage in high-level high activities now. If I'm going to work with someone else, it's got to be high-level activity or I'll lose interest immediately. Mm-hmm. What do you mean high-level activity? I only want to work with winners. Mm-hmm. I want to work with the top few percent, and I'm not interested in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. So that, for me, I know three months is my limit. Yep. You've got another community. Uh, well, you're building communities all over the place, I have place, a lot James, of communities. But, uh, <laughs> you've got um, – you, you are bringing together uh, a community in October this year, 2011, in case people are listening to it next year, but – Later this year on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, what are you doing? Uh, this is where I, I run a live event, and that is a great way to balance out uh, and offer value for a community. And it's, it does a lot of things, actually. Uh, firstly, it is it's an event where you can get the most active and and best members from your community together into one place at the same time and then the atmosphere is electrifying like the the people who all have something in common you know all of us internet marketing aliens that that the rest (laughs) of the public have you know just can't comprehend come together with a with a common knowing so it's the ultimate in community alive event yeah and the the you know most of the people in my community know each other or know of each other because they see them in the in the forum they see them online they see them in masterminds and then they actually come and meet face to face the other thing it does it allows me to reach out to my very best uh, associates who are specialists in their field and of several of them I'm sure you would know mm-hmm. to to come along and talk to my community and share expert level knowledge and that is really exciting for them, and it's really exciting for my community. So it's a good way for me to you know, further extend my uh, industry contacts, I guess, mm. if you like. The other thing it does, it creates a product, which is nice. So I, I always film it, and then I'm able to share that information with a wider audience by by being able to to take it and quite often it's a long time after the fact (laughs) i'll actually um hold on to the recording for a while so that the people who attend live get the maximum value does does that affect the product i mean that's interesting you say that because we were talking before we uh went on air today i ran a i ran a two-day intensive for small business owners in november last year uh it is now um what are we in we're in may so six months later, I had to, took delivery of the videos of that, those two days only about two or three weeks ago. 
Um, and part of me says, oh, you know what, they're a bit dated. You know, it's, they're six, they'll be six months old now, and by the time I get round to selling them and over the course of the coming months, they'll, it'll be 12 months old. Does that matter? Well, does it matter for Grange? <laughs> for those overseas listeners, that's a very expensive wine that takes how long? 29 years to uh, mature? Well, I know it's fairly old. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to how you program your content. Mm. If You know, with everything I do, I've got a baseline operating standard that I want to be able to leverage something. So I'll actually be quite careful to program my events to make sure that there's a high degree of evergreen content. So I'm teaching principles that should be around for a while. Mm. You can still look at some of my earlier work. In fact, I just I just did, did that. I released a product recently, and, and in part of the process, I went back to the things I was creating three and four years ago. And for the most part, the principles are exactly the same today. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there'll occasionally be tools, in, in, especially in internet marketing, there'll be some tools changed. But if anyone's familiar with my work, you'll notice that while, while all the other people were, were doing their screaming red headline sales letters and um, aggressive squeeze pages and uh, you know, hyping up people with push-button tools, mm. the whole time I've been doing the same thing as I'm doing right now. I've been doing good research, finding out the content that people want, delivering it in a, in a non-hypey, sensible way, building a list of buyers and um, sending the occasional email with value. I've got the same business model that I've had for the last six years, and it, you know, I can now say I was right, they were wrong. Mm. And my business is continuing to grow, and a lot of the other people have crashed and burned. They were running a sprint, and I'm running a marathon. Mm -hmm. So I would say when you're putting together your workshop, just storyboard it as if you would a book. I mean, books aren't out of date within a month generally, are they? Unless it's a book on Twitter techniques hmm. by a, a hyped-up guru. Who'd write that? <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. Uh, yeah. but, but in any case, um, it you know, should be like a good book or a fine wine. You want to get the core elements that are timeless hmm. and put those into your program. So I've got a – I mean, if I look at my menu of people coming to the event to talk to us, uh, I've, I'll be teaching how to set up a dashboard to maintain your seven-figure business and the the strategy plan that I use to build a seven-figure business. And I can tell you that will still be current in five years from now. Yeah. I'll be talking to people about how I make decisions on what business models to pursue and my, my business focus thing that I look at. It's like a focus finder. I look at it every single week. And that will still be – I'll still be doing that in 10 years with, with minor changes for sure. Mm -hmm. Um There'll be some strategy things that are timely. Uh, probably the most sensitive are things like pay-per-click strategies. But what you'll find if you go past the strategy is the mindset behind a pay-per-click marketer will always be very similar. I've got timeless copywriting stuff. I've got how to build a massive business from, from a brand and design perspective. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, how, to, how to mine out uh, industry verticals, you know, like your dentist category in particular. We've got how to tap into new technology. How to drill into the dentist category? Yes. Well, that's a little <laughs> bit punny, isn't it? Very punny. To the, well, to a $40 million extent, yes. Yeah. And, and um, okay, so uh, James, um, October on the Sunshine Coast, is it for, who's it for? Clearly it's not for the um, absolute internet marketing beginner by the sounds of the content. Well, you might think that, but then at the same time, when you know, when are people ready to step into the good stuff? Yeah, fair enough. You know, good call. That's like saying a red wine drinker has no place starting off on Grange. Mm -hmm. Well, no. it's interesting you say that because in, in terms of packaging, a lot of people spend way too much time on their product and not enough time thinking about their buyer. And a, good, a friend of mine, Alexi Nicolau, is a top copywriter in this country <clears throat> and I share the same belief that you've got to really step into the mindset of the buyer. He'll be talking about that at this event mm -hmm. and classic um, analysis, you know, tapping into the things that customers are too scared to fill out on surveys or that would never admit in public. 
what I've done is I've thought about who should be coming to the event and as part of my ticketing strategy, I'll actually be including the digital recordings of my first event that provides the foundation for where people are up to by the time they come to this event. Mm-hmm. So in, uh, in theoretical terms if and, and practical terms, if they were to buy a ticket to the event and they, they were only just starting out, if they were prepared to watch the 12 training modules that are digitally streamed in the membership that I'm providing as part of the ticket, they would actually be ready for the event by the time they get there. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good... Um that's a pretty good example of community coming together real time. So if people want to um, if people want to register, in fact, it's not even out yet, is it? To People can go to freedomocean.com and go to the products page. Yeah, we'll put a banner um, on there. And we'll put a banner on there. People can click on that and go ahead and pre-register. Although, look, people might be listening to this show in a month's time and it, it'll be well and truly, registration will be well and truly open. Uh, seats are limited, James, or is it um, fill it up? What, what are we talking in terms of numbers? Uh, look, I don't think seats will be limited. Okay. Uh, so, I, I think there might there may be better pricing for people who move earlier, but I can't be certain about that. And I, um, I'm actually not going to hype it up. You know why? Because people have already booked accommodation and airfares, and they don't even know who's speaking and how much it costs. Tremendous. Uh, now that should tell you something about the quality of my events. The reason someone should go is not because they're going to miss out if they don't book now. It's not because it's cheaper if they move fast. It's because simply knowing this stuff and implementing it in your business is going to make more difference to your following 12 months than just about anything else you could spend three days learning about. So and three days on the Sunshine Coast, October 2011. And yes, uh, amongst very, very motivated and switched on people. I mean, there's so many seven... Six, seven, and eight-figure marketers will be at that event. Yeah. Uh, especially some of my friends are really, really kicking it, and they're going to be sharing what they do in their business. And this is not one of those pitch-a-thon things where you get slammed down your throat. You know those yeah. like free events where you get told sales pitches. Like our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Don't start, don't start. This is a uh, value-driven content event. Yeah. Oh, that's great, mate. And I'm only doing one a year, by the way, of of this style of event now. So this is the only one this year. Uh, Great example of community, James, the live community. Should I point out something strategic here? Yeah, go. When people order this event, they will get uh, 60 days access to my online forum where they can ask questions and get coached every single day uh, if they've never been a member before. So it doesn't count for someone who's already been a member. This is a new member acquisition strategy of mine. I take the risk. And we basically will spend two months answering questions and showing through our own delivery of of value that it's worth sticking around longer. And that's why most people stay along. So the idea of a buy with bonus strategy, and I can't even remember whether we've spoken about that on Freedom Ocean or whether it's you and I have just spoken about it, but I don't think it's worth offering because already uh, you've got the three days, you've got three days attendance at the event You've got your uh, a, a twelve DVD set of or twelve online video set of the last event and two months to your forum. Mm. That's um, there's some seriously uh, good bonuses in there already. What else can Freedom Ocean offer? Well, I could think of a few things actually. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's it's a great conversation to have. So one thing, as as the product creator, I've tried not to stack irrelevant bonuses into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go and offer a back catalogue of all my DVDs. I could put a pile of junky crap, you know, some resale rights, but I don't. Mm-hmm. All they're getting is a ticket to the workshop. They're getting tr- training that supports the reason they're going to the workshop, and they're getting coaching so that they can implement and get stuff done. So there's three things that complement what you could do, Tim, is you could offer somebody a uh, a Skype consult or something. I mean, you're competing. I guess Freedom Ocean is competing with potentially other affiliates, and mm-hmm. some of them more than likely will look for complementary things. Mm-hmm. Now, people familiar with Freedom Ocean will know that Tim is a marketing genius with ad agency background, especially strong in branding, 
and mm-hmm. podcasting. So anyone looking to be involved in their business with strong branding or podcasting would more than likely be interested in running their business idea past you. So you could offer an email consult or a Skype consult if someone bought a ticket through us or yep. you. Uh, and, and that that would be a smart thing because they can then further leverage their purchase and get better value from it. Well, I think that's a great idea. And um, I think uh, if we were to set that up uh, on freedomotion.com, um, people can go and have a look at what that will involve. But I think the idea of, of um, a Skype consult where people can maybe share an idea they've got around podcasting or, or branding and, and seeking some advice on that, then I'd be happy to give that if they were to book through Freedom Ocean. Yeah, well, what, what they would do is they'd use the banner on Freedom Ocean as the last place they visit. They'd buy a ticket and then they would send you the receipt uh, to to the email address that you nominate or to the support desk or whatever and and then uh, and their Skype details and then you'd be in touch with them. Love it. We'll, we'll, I'll teach you how to set that up but the buy with bonus method is very good for the customer and the product owner and the affiliate. Mm. Well, it makes it unique, doesn't it? Because there's only one place you can get that bonus. Correct. So you mm. put some thought into the buyer mindset. What would they find valuable? Great, James. Let's get back online in terms of um, in terms of building communities. Um, we've talked forum, we've talked membership site, we've talked live event, uh, we've talked large. Well, we've also talked um, uh, what would we call base camp, sort of a, a small ma- well mastermind group. Lots of ways of building communities. More than I thought. <laughs> and and what I love about communities is that as the world gets bigger and more accessible, um, communities become more and more important. I, I read a book about two or three years ago that talked about what what the world was going to look like in 50 years' time. And the irony of all this globalisation is that we seek community, you know, because it's human nature to, be want, to want to be part of something. And that's what the community allows. Whereas, you know, as the world does become global, people can feel a bit left behind and a bit, for want of a better word, lonely. Well, what's one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, isn't it? The need to be appreciated. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The community so. is a great place for us to go and get praise. I, I, I ran this workshop last week. Um, 60, I won't say, I won't give too much away because it was, a, it, was a, it was for a private client, um, but it was 60 people from the one industry um, and they'd come together from all around Australia to hear me rattle on about small business marketing for, for five hours. And what I noticed was that whilst I had good quality information to impart, um, the, the real power came in these 60 people coming together and sharing their own experiences. And there were times when I was out in the front of the room really just standing back as an observer as other people within the audience said, oh, yeah, I did this and she said, I did that and I've tried this and you should try that. And it's like, my God, guys, there is, there is so much knowledge within this one room. You should come. I actually, I actually use the words. You, you should come together as a community more often, you know, than once a year and, and and set up something whereby you can communicate on a regular basis and share share this knowledge that other, otherwise is going to go to waste. Well, that's that's a great point, and you know we would be arrogant to think that we would have to provide all of the answers and provide all of the content in a community. The community is what powers it. We become the facilitator. Pretty I think, much. Think that again. That's probably something Mark Zuckerberg was doing. Was he was well? I think he was trying to figure out a way to get dates or something, but he, he figured out a way just to let people join up and be, you know, able to hang out with each other and, and um, form groups. So even though it started in the education system, it went mainstream. We can do this in our own business and you don't have to know all the answers. You just have to be able to be a little bit parent-like and facilitate. If you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. It's, it's, it's like creating uh a thing that you're responsible for looking after and that and when you're the facilitator of a community like you were in your event you're the one that has to put the guidelines out there but then the energy comes from the participants yep it really does it? i mean that's uh 
that's where the power is. There are definitely some do's and don'ts. Is it worth just sort of covering off on that as we... Yep. Yeah, as we uh, close up. Well, okay, with your mastermind, if you're going to go for people from the same category, you're going to have to try and set some guidelines about uh, idea sharing and competition. If people are in too similar a category they will lock up and not share because they'll be ripping each other's ideas off. Okay, can I just um, put a, a qualifier in that? Um, I've chosen this for, for my gather rounds. Um, they are from the same category because I believe there is um, great knowledge to be shared amongst business owners in the same category, but they won't be competitive because I'm choosing categories whereby geographically, you know, if, let's say, for example, the real estate category, um, there'll be 10 real estate agents gathering around from 10 very separate geographical areas so they're not competing. Just thought it was worth pointing out. Absolutely. Because uh, I've almost steered the opposite way now for my filter is to have non-compete uh, categories where I'm really just trying to get the business brain flowing from completely non-competitive fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like where you take one real estate agent, one dentist, like a rotary club, I suppose. <laughs> So you, you know, you have one of everything, yep. and then there's no chance of of them locking up at all. So yep. you could take it either way. Uh, in most communities, there'll be the uh, there'll be the outspoken ones, the the community leaders. I suggest you seek them out and support them early. Uh, in fact, they will they'll potentially be able to run a good slice of the um, of the heavy lifting for you. You know, in every, it doesn't matter if you go down to the, the local school tuck shop. There'll be one parent who just goes above and beyond and wants to do extra stuff and manage the thing and and just out, you know, do higher output. I yeah, find those right. people. I actually have uh, granted a few of them free membership to my community because they go above and beyond and they really do make up a driving force. Mm-hmm. And on the downside, you'll get the occasional person that just doesn't want to fit in and follow the rules and will try to bleed your forum. Uh, like You know, like snakes and ladders, they'll always be trying to stick a slippery dip that slides people out of the forum and into their mm. environment where they can eat them up. Mm. So you have to watch out for those guys as well or the girls. They, they're just, just always trying to push the limit on the rules and manipulate things into their favour, like dropping links to their own resource or or sending private message uh, solicitations to your members, you've got to weed them out quickly. Mm-hmm. When we find them, we give them a warning. If they do it again, we just ban them for life. Yeah, I think it's really important. I just, it's, it's been done on more than one occasion in workshops that I've run in, in a live sense where you're always going to have people who, um, they're, for whatever reason, they may be extroverted, they've got more to say, they're opinionated, they're going to take more of the spotlight um, and then that leaves less of the spotlight for the introvert and the person who may may want to contribute but just can't seem to find the airtime. And what I find, what I try to do is early on, um, just, you know, it might be in that first break, I just pull, I pull the person aside and say, hey, listen, you know, you've got a lot to say and it's fantastic. So keep it up but just be mindful that there are others who also have things to say and are finding it hard to get the airtime or go and find those people who are, who are finding it hard to speak and, 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 and I might even ask them, do you want me to just, you know, stop and give you, the, give you a moment to contribute during the course of the day? Yeah, so, so I guess it's, the theme that's coming across here is you, you've got to be a responsible facilitator and, and look after everyone's needs. Hmm. And ultimately, just remember... You are in charge. It's your community, mm. uh, and you set the rules. You know, if you've gone and had the vision and set up the infrastructure, and and you've decided to create this thing, ultimately, when push comes to shove, you can put your foot down because the, you know people can say or think or whatever want, but it's your thing, and you get the final say. Yeah. So it's like yeah. A, you know that that's really the ultimate um, scenario. And we've hardly ever had to make tough decisions that, that don't suit everyone because most people are sensible and get it. Just occasionally some people don't get it and you've got to, to let them know. Mm-hmm. Any other rules you think people should be mindful of if they're going to go ahead and start a community? Or are they well, the it, just don't, it can't be too one-sided for any one person. So there's, there's always new... You can't possibly think of every contingency up front... Like uh, if you've got expert contributors, they're going to be milking your forum for 
leads, they're going to suck people away to their own sites. So you've got to make a decision. Do they offer as much value as what they're going to take? Uh, then you've got, you know, how much do you allow people to advertise? Where do you let them do it? What are the rules around that? Um, what, what are your stances on politics, religion, the sort of things that can inflame people easily? You know, do you create a special area for them or do you just prohibit it? Or, you know, these are things that will come up. Mm. Uh, but most often it will come down to just greedy human nature. Some people are going to want to take more than they give. And yep. that's the one to be mindful of. James, that has been another action-packed episode of The Ocean, which we will draw to a close. Uh, thanks, mate. Some, some gold in there. Um, people are downloading the transcriptions at a rate. And for those of you who haven't signed up for them, all they need to do is go to freedomocean.com and on the right-hand side, if they sign up with their email and first name, um, they will, you will get a transcription of every, every episode which is very kindly being done by a new transcriber, James, uh, whose link you'll find on the show notes. I get a lot of people asking me for transcribing services and um, Bridie, her name is, has kindly offered to, um, to transcribe our show on an ongoing basis. So if you're looking uh, for some good transcribing services, go and visit our show notes uh, and you'll find some pretty good links there, including Bridie's. Um, Anything else on your mind, James, before we close it for another episode? No, just uh, keep uh, the comments coming. Absolutely. Com comment on the blog post or the Facebook fan page. We've got another uh, listener show, listener question show coming up for sure because we've got uh, the questions still remaining from um, last ep uh, the last time we did that and they keep coming through on the email and Facebook. I'm just loving the fact, um, I'm loving the engagement between people in our community. Um, we get a lot of emails ourselves, but I'm also enjoying watching the discussion develop on the Facebook, our Facebook page as well. Um, and if people want to go to that, they can go to likefreedomotion.com and, um, and get involved as well. Hey, thanks, James. Um, listeners, don't forget to go and check the banner out to James's live event in October, uh, and we'll see you there. And until next time, James, been a pleasure. Thanks, Timbo. See you, mate. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. <laughs>